episode 109, Larry Olson. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people-first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Nikki back on Gut Plus Science, and I'm excited about our conversation today. We're going to talk about how do we as leaders celebrate accomplishments big and not lose momentum? So, you know, it's halfway through the quarter and we have this rock star salesperson that has, you know, hit their goals and is ready to just take off and golf the rest of the quarter. How do we not lose momentum, but celebrate their accomplishment huge? You know, that's the the storyline I have in my head. And there's so many different variations to that. But today, Larry's going to talk about recognition in many different forms and how important it is. And, you know, how do we sustain and keep that momentum going while seeing our people accomplish things in a big way and celebrating them in a big way? Uh, I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. So let me tell you about Larry. He's an international speaker, author, podcast host, and executive coach. He has years of experience working with Fortune 50 companies, champion teams, and entrepreneurs on establishing their vision and sense of purpose. Larry is passionate about providing individuals and teams with quick, actionable guidance on how to break ingrained, ineffective habits and do things differently, the things that are holding them back, do those things differently. I'm really excited to have Larry today. So much alignment with what we do here on the show. So let's get to it. Larry, I am so excited to have you with me today on Gut Plus Science to talk about a topic that I don't remember we've touched on in the you know hundreds of episodes that we've done so far on these different shows. And it's around recognition and celebrating people and how do we celebrate big celebrate our people big for the things that they achieve, and at the same time, keep the momentum going. So you just crushed your quota in the middle of the quarter, but let's not stop. You know, let's keep this going. And, you know, what's the mindset that we need to take and how do we do that well and not feel like, or not make the person feel like we're not fully celebrating their amazing achievement. So that's why I brought you on the show because I think you can really speak into that. Let's talk about recognition and why leaders struggle to do this well. Well, first off, Nikki, I want to thank you for having me on your show. It's a privilege, and I've been looking forward to it. And regarding uh, recognition, I think one of the biggest challenges is, is a lot of leaders don't even understand it. So what they get caught up in is they think they're recognizing when they're really praising. And the difference between praise and recognition is is one is very global and the other is very specific. So when I go, Nikki, you know, thank you. You did a great job today. That goes in one ear and out the other. If I've never acknowledged you before, then, then it makes a little more impression. But I go, Nikki, you know, in that Collins job, the way you articulated how we were going to resolve their situation was just spot on. You've really got a talent there. Continue that. And the reason behind that, if you get into the psychology Praise is something that we've heard our whole life. Recognition is where we really get into kind of the Skinnerian philosophy, and that is that reinforce the behaviors that you want to continue to see in your organization. And that's why it's so important that we're talking about what we like about what they did as opposed to where they fell, fell off. And you want people to focus on the fact that, wow, if I continue to do this, I'm well thought of, and I'm going to assist us in and moving forward. And it, and it gives a real kick for the morale side of things. The other thing that's, that's really critical too is 
When you talk about celebrating, and as you mentioned, one of the biggest challenges that most leaders face is they feel if they celebrate, they're kind of concluding and they're kind of wrapping things up. And one of the things that happens to all of us is we have all this drive and energy until we reach the goal that we set. And that sometimes is just getting home. And by the time we get home, we're exhausted, we're tired. But when we have a goal of what we're going to do when we get home, we have the drive and energy to continue beyond. So the challenge that's faced in organizations, if you have all this celebration, is a tendency to think we've arrived and then we kind of flatten out. Then we need to get pumped up to get ready to roll again. So what happens is, well, let's not even do that. And if we do it, let's not really kill it because we don't want people to give up. And there's really, not, it's not difficult to be able to celebrate, which we absolutely should, because why on earth are we doing what we're doing anyway, if we can't be recognized and we can't get some, some attaboys and attagirls for the, for the wonderful job that we're doing. But it's really important. All of it is relative to. So to continue momentum, an organization that's done a good job of developing what their vision is, and that's generally a three to five year quest, then the goals and the celebrations we have are the steps we've accomplished along the way. And people recognize that we're celebrating a step. We haven't pulled the whole thing off yet, but we're being able to be valued and be continued to focus, to be able to make corrections because that's what's so great about recognition. If I tell you, Nikki, what a phenomenal podcaster you are and, and that you just nail it on the qu great questions you ask and the research that you do so that you know the right question to ask, we can start a conversation about that. Then if I know there's something that I could assist you in getting better on, I can ask, like, where do you think some other opportunities for you are to shine as a podcaster beyond what I just mentioned? And it's so important that I allow you, needless to say, to articulate that first, because I may hear something from you I would have never expected, which may be, give me more insight into guide and develop and direct than if I just say, you know, you did, this is that old sandwich, you know what they call that sandwich, you know, where you put the praise on the outside and the, and the what's wrong in the inside. Well, nobody's going to eat that sandwich and nobody appreciates it anyway. So just forget that whole metaphor and think in terms of that if you're going to correct someone's behavior, you don't start recognizing and praising him just to come in with correcting behavior because now you're intense wrong and we feel intent. We emotionalize it. And that's where leaders get a lot of bad results based on what they think is good advice. And so when I recognize that I see the value in you as a podcaster. I believe in that. I'm finding out what you think our opportunities lie. And then I can also come up with, you know, you know what I was thinking is kind of in the opening, there's a bit of a, and then I'll just kind of explain that a little bit and say, what are your thoughts on that? And now that it's, it's to my philosophy is we're celebrating in every conversation. We're not waiting for a massive victory. I mean, that'll burn people out. We're celebrating by just acknowledging that we're grateful for someone who came in in the morning because they make such a difference with the rest of the team. And because of that contribution, we're able to keep morale flying. So it has a lot to do with the fact of how is an organization monitoring itself? 
How are they staying on track? Do they have a three to five year vision or are they just goal operators where there's one victory after another victory after another victory? And that's unfortunately where sometimes we get a little gun shy as a leader to do too much celebrating. So there's kind of a drink out of a fire hose right there for you. Yes, yes, it is. So Larry, we've already got some great nuggets at the end of the show. I do this truth you can act on, but I kind of feel like I'm going to be doing that throughout because, (laughs) you know, from a basic perspective, just in getting us started down this path of of understanding how to celebrate these accomplishments and not lose momentum and see that behavior, that great behavior continue. Let's make sure that as leaders, we're looking at what are we doing right now? Is it praise or is it recognition? And reflecting on some of the actions that we've taken. And the test is, is it reinforcing a specific behavior? Did we note specifically what that was and why that is so powerful that this person is doing, you know? And then other nugget really quick is eliminate the sandwich. You know, I still do that sometimes. I think I learned that from my grandma. (laughs) So that's probably something that I need to, you know, (laughs) graduate. Let's put that on the shelf, but eliminate the sandwich. I love that. Okay, we're going to get in just a second. I want to go deeper on how important the vision is to keeping momentum. But before we do that, I really like to talk about mindset shifts because we have to go introspective inside ourselves as leaders to make changes on the way we believe about things before it's going to happen, right? Like the, I see what the mind believes. I believe so strongly. So if, we, if we're stuck in our ways, we can't change. So I want you to just speak into for a second mindset shifts of the typical leader that you see. And just a couple things that come to my mind just to set this tone is leaders saying, well, I mean, they know how great they are. I, I've told them, we talked about this last month at the team meeting and just thinking that it's already happened or there's already enough. And then on the flip side, you know, leaders using their own love language on their people. So it's like, oh, as a leader, like I'm not somebody who likes loud praise or I don't need that. And so I'm putting that on someone else. So just talk to us for a couple minutes on the mindset shifts that we need to consider. One of the things to first start off with is to look at the percentage of the population that that are in the leadership position to begin with. And it's it's usually less than 7%. And so that 7% are self-starters, they're self-actualizers, they're able to maintain momentum over a long period of time without anybody needing to, to pump them up. And what they're doing is they're leading the other 93%. And if they're not recognizing that, those people need to be considered, they need to be acknowledged, they need to be valued. And here's something that is really important, and, and my information kind of goes below the radar, and that is that We are one of the biggest and most fundamental elements of what allows us to feel valued is recognition. And to get specific about that, it's just the opposite of what the number one fear of the human race is. And the number one fear is rejection. And if you get down into the amygdala, the fight, flight, freeze mechanism, we can't continue to live and survive if we're in jeopardy of dying. And so that's why rejection becomes so critical because we can't propagate, we can't continue the species. And, you know, from a real biological innate perspective, we need to be valued. Now, just because it's 7% doesn't think they do, I still haven't met anyone in the 7% who didn't appreciate it. And yet they don't see it as something. It's like if the leaders never had a hug from their parents, it's hard for them to give a hug to their children. They have to almost learn how to do it because it it was not kind of ingrained. 
So what comes into play is leaders first off have to recognize their first step is not to continue with the attitudes that they formed about their people as they begin to know them and they begin to read their stats and they begin to see them, their behaviors. Because when we're, we pop out of the womb, genetics plays about 18% of who we are. The other 82% is learned behavior. A learned behavior is called an attitude. A behavior that perpetuates itself over time is called a habit. So an attitude, if you think about performance, which is where this whole concern is about whether or not I praise these people or I recognize them or we celebrate too soon, is that what percentage of the person's attitude, remember, which is a learned behavior, and by the time they're about 10 years of age, they have over 100,000 attitudes from foods to colors to dress to people to you, you name it. Guess what percentage of our performance, Nikki, is based on our attitude? A big part. Yeah, it's actually 100%. It doesn't kind of affect our performance. It dominates. Now, that being said, what happens to individuals when they don't recognize this or leaders is if somebody shows up late, can I get an attitude about that as a leader because they weren't to my meeting on time? I had really valuable information to share and they kind of in at about a minute or a minute two after. Can I develop an attitude about that person? And what most people would say, it was, oh, yeah. All right. So how many times does that person have to be late? And this is really a critical question before now I have a belief about them that they're not on time. And with most people, it only has to happen once. Here's the unfortunate thing. We're talking about recognition and celebration. And we're talking about how important it is that we reinforce the behaviors that we want to continue to see in our company. Well, what happens is when when if I get an attitude now about your late Nikki and you show up on time, somebody's going to get sarcastic. Somebody's going to go, hey, Nikki, did your watch break? What happened? Now, why on earth would we do that? You just showed up on time. And the answer is, is because the belief we formed, it's called lock on, lock out. The belief we formed is that you aren't punctual. And even though you just demonstrated it, it's still not enough to overcome my mindset. And this is where we'd rather be right than successful. And this is where it's so critical for leaders to recognize and to learn about these attitudes so they can first look at their own. Now, if I ask the person, because the story is everything, if I go, hey, Nikki, what happened? You know, uh, you were a minute and a half late. 99 times out of 100, I'm going to be thankful that I didn't punish you. I didn't keep you from working on the bonus plan because you were late. So now you don't qualify. I didn't get into this whole attitude. And this is going to really blow your mind. 95% of corporations in America today motivate by fear. And the unfortunate thing is now, first, let me define fear. Fear is not with a gun to the head. Fear is not, I'm going to kill you if you don't show up. Fear is a failure of loss. It's a fear of loss. For instance, if I don't get to the meeting on time, I won't be respected. So I'll go to the meeting on time. Now, all of these subtle behaviors, needless to say, guess what percentage of our motivation or what we're capable of, we're able to see when we're motivated by fear. And it's less than 10%. And here's what's interesting. 95% of corporations are motivating by fear. So guess what the bar is set at? So they're comparing each other to basically poor performance, not based on what they're doing for the sh shareholder, 
and how successful their company is based on what the potential is in the performance of an individual. Because when they can shift and the simplicity is from have tos to want tos, guess what percentage of performance you can get out of an individual when you're motivating them from value? And it's not a number, it's a sign. And the sign is infinite. Now, people need to listen to how they're reacting to that. If they're saying, well, that's not the case. Okay, well, then they're not going to motivate that way. So that's fine. They can believe whatever they want to believe, but they need to look at their beliefs. Are your beliefs in alignment with creating an environment where your people can succeed? Is that your fundamental underlying foundation from which you operate as a leader? Or is it to accomplish the things that are necessary for you to look good? And that's a real serious question that all of us have to have because, again, we go back to that motivation of not wanting to not be accepted. Rejection is a huge fear. So this whole element of bringing out the best in others first starts out with, am I doing that with myself? And that whole element is a whole nother podcast because we know that, and this is the old adage, when you do something wrong, can anybody beat you up more than you beat yourself up with your own mindset? And of course not. So why would we ever come across to somebody like that? And the answer is, we got an attitude about it. Okay, well, if we learn the attitude, and this is so phenomenal, we can learn one now that brings out the best in others and is in alignment with the values of the organization. And pretty soon what happens is, is all of the correction that's made in the company is relative to what the organization decided it wanted to stand for relative to its treatment of others and how it stands out in the community and what it looks like relative to the shareholders and the customers. That's the whole answer to this whole celebration. When I have the right attitude about you, Nikki, when I know you're one of the most phenomenal podcasters and I am blessed to be a guest, that sets a whole different tone. And now it's about looking for information that supports that belief rather than, I wonder if I'm going to like the podcast with Nikki. Well, I'll go through it and see. So now the whole thing's a test. And that's what most people do when they come to work. It's a test. Am I going to be recognized? Are we not going to celebrate? Are we going to celebrate? Oh, they canceled the Christmas party because they're saving money. Yeah, but they all take vacations. And, you know, it all gets back to, again, let's keep it simple. The only reason any of us exist is to make sure the people in our lives are successful. And then everything else takes care of itself. Yes. And all of this illustrates where self-reflection is so important for our strongest self-awareness opportunity. And our beliefs are the greatest predictor of outcomes. And that's a whole nother podcast. You might come back for that one. So (laughs) yeah, it was so good. So good. So let's go back to what you were sharing as we started to talk today, Larry, about the vision and the vision's importance to connecting to momentum and keeping momentum throughout. So go deeper on, you know, how important that is and give a high level example of an organization and a leader doing that well. Like what does that look like? Well, first off, what it looks like is is not bringing a consultant in and spending 3 days developing your purpose, your vision and then making sure all your leaders get everybody else to follow it. That is an old model, and that's still being used, and they're still making a lot of money. Consultants are doing that, you know, and I was in that business until I recognized there's a better way, there's an easier way, and that is when the vision is articulated through 
the members of the organization, the influencers, whether they're positive or negative. And when everybody gets involved in designing what the ultimate company is going to look like to work for, what it's going to feel like, what the accomplishments are, what are the measurements. Now, in order to maintain sanity, which biologically is the only thing we're designed to do, and the sanity that we're maintaining is our own. So if you want to get buy-in, you want to get people to follow, then they need to be a part of it. And when that vision is created, and an organization that I worked with not too long ago had a three-year plan to double their productivity, to go from 500 million to a billion. And if they'd have tried to figure it out and set up quarters and did all their projections, they would have probably done it in a 10-year period based on the past. And that's where a lot of leaders base their predictions on the future is what happened in the past, you know, because that's safe. And then they give a 10, 15% growth margin. But when you're doubling something, that changes a whole belief system. And it goes against what is basically the paradigm on how to grow and develop. So you and I, all we know about ourselves is that we happen to be alive. And now what we try to do is figure out how to best navigate that. And when you go now corporately and you take all of these individuals who are trying to figure their life out and you as a company create something greater than self, and that's the accomplishment of this vision and what it's going to do, it's going to allow each individual to fulfill their sense of purpose and their vision. And this is where onboarding and alignment comes into play is now they get to ask themselves, can I fit in this company? Because the company is clearly articulated. Here's our sense of purpose and here's our vision. And unfortunately, those words have gotten a negative attitude because most people use them and don't understand what they mean. And one of the companies I work with, their purpose was to create remarkable experiences for each other in our community with integrity, respect, and loyalty. So before you get out of your car, you got to be ready as a, an associate to create a remarkable experience. That could be picking up a piece of paper. That could be saying hello to some, someone that's just walked past you and that who could be a customer. And so now the frame of reference and every decision I made is filtered through the sense of purpose and vision of the organization. And when there is a challenge, this is where you don't have to have tough conversations anymore. When there's a challenge, I go, hey, Nikki. You know, I just got out of that meeting and you really kind of got into that person a little bit about how their numbers were. Uh, I had a question for you. You know, one of our values is respect. Help me with how that was respectful. And then I just listen. And instead of pointing the finger, we now have a third party that's come into play that you agreed to when we went through the development of all this to begin with. Or if it was already developed when you came on board, you got indoctrinated through the onboarding process and got to decide after all these interviews, is this a place I still want to continue to work for? Because here's what they stand for. And when you, when you create something that nobody's going to reject because all it does is bring out the best in all, then guess what kind of people end up coming to want to work for your organization? The high performers, those that want to be a part of something that makes them feel that they're contributing and that they're being acknowledged. And that's kind of a global view of, of what vision has to do with anything. Great stuff. Larry, in our prep call, you said something that caught my ear. Uh, why do many leaders tend to take accomplishments for granted? You know, this is the whole thing. Have you ever seen anybody who made a mistake, kind of focus on it and then get kind of in, in a funk about it? 
Uh-huh. I've done that. Okay. Then, and then why is it when things go right, we don't make a big deal about that? Because we, ex- we expect it, don't we? We expect it was supposed to go that way. I mean, that was the right answer, if you will. And so what we have to do is we have to unwind all this conditioning of going through 12 to 18 years of education on how important the right answer was. You know, when we were little in school, we get the papers back and they had everything circled in red. We did what? So what did we end up focusing as adults is apparently you get better in life if you focus on what's wrong. Well, that is not the case at all once we understand the biology and physiology of the human species. That, that is absolutely backwards. And so when there's an accomplishment, we got to wallow in it. I mean, there was a Al Bandura, who was one of the most quoted research psychologists in America today, got involved in something called efficacy. And efficacy is my own opinion of my own ability to cause, bring about, or to make something happen. And this is what I think I can pull off. Leaders need to know that about their people because that has a lot to do with the performance that they're getting. But anyway, he said when something goes right, instead of going, ah, shucks, gee whiz, well, yeah, well, that was expected. He said you need to wallow it in a little bit. And he used the example of a pig in slop, which I don't think is the greatest example. But what it means is if we're to raise our own image of self, which is what's going to determine how we treat others, and we do something right, we got to take a moment and celebrate. That's probably one of the most important celebrations. Yes, we could have done better. Yes, we, you know, we're on our growth towards improvement. No, it's not going to keep me from the edge. It's going to actually allow me to act, be strong enough to make that step up. And that's why we've got to acknowledge our people when they do something right. We've got to do it with ourselves, most importantly, because the better we treat ourselves is a natural, the better we're going to treat the people around us. With an episode focused on keeping momentum, I want to talk about rest too. So talk about how important rest or unplugging is and how to encourage this as a leader and inspire people to do that. And at the same time, keep that momentum going. One of the things you can do as an individual is to set your alarm for every 30 minutes, a minimum, and take deep breaths. I mean, long, deep breaths, count of 10 kind of deep breaths, in, just in inhalation. And then the same in exhalation, because most of us aren't in a position where we can do any meditation at work. But all meditation is, is doing something other than thinking. It's focusing other than your thought. And we need to do that so that we can refresh we we know that we can't work out for an hour straight without being a little exhausted. We take little little breaks in between the different exercises. But someone will sit in front of a computer all day long and not even breathe. So structure it for the individuals in the organization, but have them be the ones who design it for you. Don't you get this great idea and then throw it at all your people. That's a big mistake that leaders make. And the thing for leaders is to take those timeouts and uh, th- whether it's in a meeting where we regroup and we talk about what we're most proud of and why, and then we talk about where our opportunities lie, you know, and coaching and mentoring, this is something that leaders feel that they don't have time to do. And one thing I'd like to share with leaders out there, for every 30 minutes you spend with an associate will give you three hours of extra time. And that's because clarity has occurred. They understand now. Now they can go out and take action. 
and where most leaders unfortunately spend a lot of times fixing things and and unraveling what didn't occur properly and it was only because of it wasn't communicated clearly Larry you have the posture of a mentor it's awesome really well, tell us about Apernio and about the Achievement Acceleration. What What is all of that? You know, I, I started this company and, uh, and my wife and I, as a matter of fact, 26 years ago now. And it's all about the fact that most people try to ex- succeed and try to move forward with all of the old traditional ways of doing it. And uh, when I was very small, in fact, before I was born, my sister came ahead of me. And when she was three, I was just able to stand up now and kind of get a hold of the stroller. And I was kind of pushing it. So I was not quite a year old. And my folks at that moment had to leave denial and read, figured that something was wrong with my sister. So they went and had her her tested, and this is where it really changed my life. Not at that moment, but as I grew up, they put a stamp on her forehead of mentally retarded, and it's a terrible term. If you want me to get in a fight with somebody, all they have to do is use that term. But what we do now is differently abled, gifted. We have a lot of more positive terms for it, but she got labeled, and those labels really made a difference in my life and her life. And I remember one time when she was probably 14 and we were talking and she looked up in my in me and she goes, I'm different, aren't I? And she didn't say it like it was a positive thing. And, you know, we always treated her as she was a gift. She was the greatest thing that ever happened to us. But it got me involved in what's going on in our minds. That led me to neurology, which was what's going on to the brain and how does the brain operate. And as I started to figure all these things out, I realized we're going the wrong direction on improving performance. So that when you, when you, if you want to accelerate achievement, you've got to be able to recognize that we can actually do twice what we're doing now and half the time with twice the fun. Now, when you share that with people, they'll tell you that's not possible. Okay, well, they're in no danger of pulling it off, are they? And that's the power of our own thinking. But when you recognize it, that we've already done it in our lives to begin with, and to accelerate achievement is to step up a little bit, is to put the goal out there and make it worthy. We're going to go through the effort anyway. Why not make it bodacious? And that's what I encourage organizations and individuals to do. Because we only go through this thing called life one time. We'll all figure out what's going to happen ultimately. But now it's just a guess. And whatever that guess may be has a lot of, to do with the direction in which we lead ourselves. And so that's what achievement acceleration is, is learn how you think, recognize where the inappropriate habits and attitudes lie, and then do something about them. And then watch what happens to performance. That's awesome. More info on Larry and Apernia will be in the show notes. So Larry Olson, we're excited to learn just a little bit more about you, the personal side of you on what we call our lightning round. So just got four quick questions for you. Sometimes they're a little challenging because we all have a lot of favorites, but if you had to pick one favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read, what would it be? Favorite book of all time is uh, Maxwell Maltz's Psycho-Cybernetics. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Favorite hobby when I'm not working is uh, my wife and I take these four to six mile hikes 
and we always go to an area we haven't hiked before. So that's not only been helping us physically, but it's been helping us mentally, and it's great for the relationship. How about a favorite vacation spot? The favorite vacation spot, and this may sound a little silly, is my own backyard. We've turned this thing into an oasis, and it's uh, it's just phenomenal. Living in Phoenix, you know, we've got the weather for it, and um, it's just nice to unwind right there. Larry, how can listeners connect with you after the show today? Uh, they can go to apernio.com, A-P-E-R-N-E-O, and um, there's all kinds of ways to connect. There's a lot more information. If they wanted more of what I've been sharing, they can get my book, Get a Vision and Live It. It's not on Amazon. The only way they can get it is through the, through the website. Larry, that was an awesome conversation today. We have so much great energy and key takeaways to summarize here in this truth you can act on for our wrap up today. So here it goes. Number one, know the difference between praise and recognition. Recognition reinforces specific behavior. So remember, whenever you're trying to recognize, the key is specific behavior as part of that. Number two, the way you think as a leader is the greatest predictor of the outcomes experienced with your team. So if you think, you know, let's say Fridays are never good for productivity, they're probably not going to be. So thoughts become things uh, as tut.com shares almost every day. Uh, So just a great reminder that the way we think as leaders is what the outcome will probably be as with anything else in our life. Number three, clear vision and constant communication about it with recognition incorporated keeps that mission thriving, the mission of the organization. So we've got to have that regular reiteration of a clear vision of where we're going, constant communication, and incorporate recognition and stories about the people that are impacting that. And then we've got to unwind our conditioning that our success is expected and therefore gets overlooked We need to wallow in accomplishments versus our shortfalls. I thought that was a really good takeaway. And then finally, number five, Larry shared with us how rest is so critical to keeping momentum. So we want to celebrate big and we want to keep that going. We have to make sure that our people are taking time off. And so many organizations now have that unlimited PTO, which is fantastic, wonderful benefit, but making sure as leaders that we're seeing them take that time for rest. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome episode. Thanks, Larry. We'll see you next week, guys. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.